Omnagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm actually undercover. No. 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 I thought you were going to do something. F- I mean, the the general pause, like the. I was trying to think of like an agent name. You but then, you can't remember the main character. Well, no, name I know again. his name. I actually wrote his name down. But then, so I was thinking about how like they're very, they're just very uh, bland names, right? Like you can't have like a very recognizable name if you're an undercover agent. I guess not. Ethan Hunt, Jack Ryan. You're like. You know, I'll be Sam Smith. Maybe Sam Smith is an undercover agent. Jack Ryan wasn't really a spy. No, no what's he? He's an, an analyst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what Jeremy Renner said he was too, but Katie actually watched the movie. And she knows and she knows a character in it. I know things. Oh, there's a lot going on. You know I this. love that's action do movies. Over. No do over, Pat. That's no do over. That's it. We just roll. You do tonight. it on the night. <laughs> The, Some people prepare for this show. It is the night. And then there's Katie. <laughs> it is the night. Oh, no, I just show up. All right. <laughs> just roll with it. Uh, so today we are looking at the fourth entry in perhaps the best film franchise ever as we discuss Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. But first, we discuss what we're drinking this evening. What does everybody have? I'm having one of Katie's cocktails, the mm. Belvedere tonight, made with Knob Creek. Today was quite summery. I don't know if it's summery in uh, Massachusetts, but we've had a string of quite warm days. Mm. I was in the mood for something light. So I have a uh, Belvedere vodka, actually. Oh, I'm man. also drinking Belvedere, but Belvedere vodka and a little, a little spritz. A little seltzer and some Love orange. It. Yeah, my Love own cocktail. It. I am drinking Green Flash West Coast IPA. Again, we're in a quarantine. I'm yep. just going through what we got. Yep. Got to mm-hmm. go through uh, there. Uh, okay, we will not talk about our last movie that we did. Why not? Because what I was just, it? I, Labyrinth. Oh, we're still talking about I Labyrinth. Got him to I just, talk about it. just don't Which, really want to talk about um, it. still hates it. Did you rewatch I, it? I kind of feel no, like you rewatched it. I did not rewatch it. Are you sure? I did not, nor will I ever again. Mm, um, I think we're going to test that. But instead, I wanted to talk about two things that we've done recently on our Thursday episodes with guests that came up. Uh, our most recent episode, we talked about uh, book to movie adaptations. Mm-hmm. And of course, our good friend Jimmy Costanza was a guest, and Love we him. were talking about two films. One being the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, which I did go back and watch immediately upon the discussion, and it was not as bad as I remembered it. Well, that's only uh, because you've watched so many bad movies since since then. you saw it last. Yes. Your frame of reference has shifted. Yes, my, that is definitely true. Um, <laughs> And second, I rewatched Jurassic Park hmm. and I enjoyed it even more than the last time. I think when you're not analyzing it, the mm-hmm. last time we watched it, we did for the show and you just watch for enjoyment's sake. Yeah, uh, it was a lot more enjoyable. Absolutely. That makes sense. That it's like reading a book for class or reading a book for pleasure. Two different yeah, experiences. Just, just willing yeah. to ignore some of the flaws mm-hmm. and just go with it. So yeah. both. I would not recommend watching League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. All right. <laughs> um, but I would recommend watching Jurassic Park. And then going back several Thursdays ago to our discussion on reality TV, mm-hmm. um, the ratings for networks came out this week. 
And would anybody uh, like to guess if they aren't already looking and cheating what uh, the number one network in the United States non-news network, because the news networks HGTV. have gone through the roof. It's HGTV. Yep. It Boom. is. Chip and Joe, they just made their own channel. The yes. DIY the DIY network, watch out. They are taking Mag- over the world. Magnolia TV. I think they're going to shift Texas. I think good no, thi- they're not. They're, good things are going to come. I think we're going to find out that they're hardcore conservatives. No, anyway. they're not. No, yeah, they are. Out. No, they've spoken out about that. They have. That they'll tolerate the gays? I don't think they use the word tolerate <laughs> I, I think, or the gays. I think, <laughs> I think it was like wanna, a we love the all people. Yeah, I don't, I I, he, I don't I think, think you, Chip and Joe are on that train. I think you just want to embrace the persona. Not only that, not but they also dig- strike me as people who are afraid to upset their fan base. Yes. Oh, that I would Which get behind more. Which makes me more. think that they're even shittier than they... I don't... Yeah, I think that they... <laughs> they yeah, are. but I don't... Okay. Okay. They're yeah. Tangent. Tangential. Um, so, but also, based on our reality TV, TV episode, I found out that my supervisor has now started watching 90 Day Fiance mm-hmm. because of uh, us. And so, you're welcome. 90 day fiance. That's right. Uh, That's we will take any royalties, any, <laughs> any advertisements you want to throw our way. I apologize to anybody who got hooked on any of the reality TV. That's a we great talked show. About. That is a great oh, show. So good. This, this past week's Sunday night's episode. <gasps> amazing. Oh, and I remembered me. fact check myself when I said, what is the show that we were watching where we started seeing that guy with the beady eyes hate hate the face what's his name andy cohen cohen yeah what it was it? project runway oh yeah you're right. uh, okay we, we loved project runway the and then all never of a sudden watched. this guy showed up and started interviewing the people and i was like who's this guy yeah, annoying he's really like annoying him. i don't like him. um all right that's fact check that's it it is time for the rundown <laughs> You're you're all going to be very disappointed in this yeah, rundown. I, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was disappointed already. I'm already I could feel I could feel MC so little of you. <laughs> so I know, but I had to go get a free chair. <laughs> be on time. Know the I, name of the league. I had to go get a chair. And Have then the headphones didn't work. Watch the movie. I'm so That's sorry. Four things. That's it. <laughs> but Most I have. But I have character names. And just, just do okay. it. Just do uh, all it. right. Here we go. Ethan Hunt is on an impossible mission to stop a nuclear war. When the secretary is killed, he is forced into ghost protocol with three new teammates. Most notably, Simon Pegg. Will they accomplish their mission? Or will we all be vaporized? I mean, that's the basics of the movie. <laughs> Death-defying yeah, feats. That does. That distills it. Um, that is <laughs> down to its essence, I guess, yeah, that's, right? Maybe it, all of the Mission Impossibles can be distilled to that. <laughs> no? No, uh, no, because it's Ghost Protocol, which was referenced yes, in yes. the rundown. All right. So this was obviously my choice as I'm wearing my Mission Impossible T-shirt. We, of course, Jim and I had done the original Mission Impossible, a Brian Mm -hmm. De Palma movie, a very different style 
of movie to this. And a lot of the Mission Impossible movies are different because tonally they have different directors and until the most recent ones. Uh, I made the choice to skip over two and three, uh, mainly with Katie in mind, because I thought she would find this one to be more interesting than two and three. Mm -hmm. Um, Three, I think, is a really enjoyable movie. J.J. Abrams, who who we like uh, his first movie, he did. And then two is just a batshit late 90s, early 2000s action movie. Yeah, it's but that's like all those movies were back then. But this one, uh, I think, was the beginning of a renaissance in action movies that started to, I think, get a little better. Um, started to move a little bit more towards some practical stunts. You know, we had had CGI heavy movies at this point for well over a decade. And everything in the early 2000s, as we talked about with like Phantom Menace, was all green screen. It was all about what can we do in the computer and uh, has made a lot of those movies less rewatchable, I think, through the years. Um, And this movie changed a lot. It, It foregoes the numbering. It's not Mission Impossible 4. Um, It brings in a director in Brad Bird, who is known for The Incredibles and Ratatouille. This was his first live action movie. So it's a gamble in that respect. And it was coming off Mission Impossible 3, which didn't make a lot of money. And there were actually rumors that this was it for Tom Cruise. This was not in the peak of Tom Cruise's career going into Ghost Protocol. This was the weird, you know, round jumping on the couch with Oprah phase. Post Katie Holmes. Was it a contract years? Yeah. So he's he's (laughs) this is what kind of got him back um, in good standing Mm -hmm. in a lot of respects. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as Katie hits on, you know, many Mission Impossible movies, uh, the plots can be distilled down to what Katie is saying. You know, it's there's something Something stolen. Really bad is going to happen. happen, And Tom Cruise and his team has to stop it. Mm -hmm. And that is our jumping off point in this movie, Mm -hmm. which I have seen well over 25 times. Well, and love. So uh, I'm going to be honest. I have no sense of how many Mission Impossible movies there are with or without uh, Tom Cruise. Six. Okay. Um, so he's for those two. who are... Li- oh, he's only in two no. of them? Oh, he's in all six. He's in all six. Okay. So for those of you who are like me and don't know one from the next, this is the one that got all of the press because he was hanging off of a building in Dubai. Right. Yes. And the so tallest building that, in the world. Like when when some when Brian sent that text, I was like, oh, I remember hearing about this. I remember mm. hearing this as a really big deal. Uh, this this is that movie. Finally saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You um, saw it. And so let's just start there because Jim said we were watching that scene. And no, I think we should. I think we should start with. Did start we the like beginning? the movie or not? Did we like the movie? I liked the movie. Yeah. I liked the movie. Yeah, I think I, it was a great action movie. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think this, my, well, I told Brian earlier in text that I had a hot take for tonight. And I think my hot take hot take is that this is my second favorite Mission Impossible movie oh. behind the first. Mm. Yeah, I, there are a lot of people. This movie is uh, of people who are Mission Impossible fans is really beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people really, I would say I like the Chris McQuarrie ones. Um, a lot, 
But there is, I think, in some ways, this might be the most accessible Mission Impossible movie for someone who's not Mm -hmm. a Mission Impossible fan. Um, You know, uh, I love Fallout and I love the first and I think Rogue Nation's great. But I think this one, if I were to say to somebody, which is, again, why I picked it, uh, you never seen a Mission Impossible movie before. What's one I think I could get somebody hooked and wanting to watch one of the other ones? This might be the one I would pick. Yeah, I would agree with that because there were a few points in the movie where I did ask Jim a question about like the story prior, but I felt like those pieces were all filled in by the end. And so I didn't feel like I needed to have seen the movies that came before this to understand what was happening in this one. You don't. Yeah. The only thing that you would have needed to see to fully understand is you would need to see his relationship with Luther. Right. Otherwise that last little bit doesn't really resonate at all. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I was just was, and also just like the basic setup. I forgot that he in wasn't charge. in this movie until yeah. that well, piece. And he wasn't really in this movie originally at all. The intention for it. You know, this was this movie went through tons of iterations, which these movies always do. Um, but this one in particular had severe, severe crazy rewrites going on yeah. like they had the the basis of the story they they wanted the nuclear weapon idea and for most of the mission impossible movies i would say like any of the action movies the villain tends to be very secondary um and i think in this one they deal with it okay enough like he's it, it's basically a plot device I and mean, they don't try to do more the fallout i think they did a much better job of that um, than the other ones, but it's just kind of a plot device with it. So the villains are, are kind of secondary, but they had the basic structure. But a lot of this stuff was based on the idea of, all right, we want the Burge. You know, J.J. Uh, Abrams, who made three, um, wasn't going to do this one because he was directing uh, Super 8. But when he was doing press for Star Trek, they went to Dubai. Mm-hmm. And saw the building. And he's like, I want to put this in a thing. And he was he produced he produces all the Mission Impossible movies now because of his relationship with Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise says, well, I want to make a movie there, too. And they said, well, let's do Mission Impossible there. And then it's kind of like, let's see where it goes from there. And there's no doubt that that is the centerpiece of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's the Katie centerpiece of the out, franchise. Like when you it, it's hard if you've seen all the movies, it's hard the two images that you can think of are that building scene and the white room scene from the first movie. Yes. Agreed. And that's, that's my problem with rogue nation and fallout to me is like, there are incredible bigger than life things that happen in those movies that I honestly, having seen them within the last year, don't remember much. See, I don't think and Chris McQuarrie, came in and did massive rewrites on this and he directs the next two. Yeah. He even kind of said it when he wrote the next two, he goes, I know I can't top that sequence in in his, in his feeling. It's like one of the best pure, like not just the climbing, but the whole thing from like when they get to Dubai, as we'll talk about the sequence upcoming here, that whole piece of the movie, the middle third of the movie, he's like, "I, I don't think I can top that. 
So he tried to in the in the other two movies, it tends to be a little and actually say it's a little bit more balanced than some of the other Mission Impossible movies. The ending of this movie, the final third's pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't think it's this. I think but the middle third of this movie is great movie, like a great action movie. There's a lot of originality in it. And the fact that let's be honest, this is where, in my opinion, Tom Cruise really just like went insane. Yeah. The fact that he, you know, in the next two movies, he does crazy stuff as well. You know, in uh, Rogue Nation, he's high, literally hanging off the side of a plane 10,000 feet in the air mm. with just a cable. In, you know, Fallout, he jumps out of, a, does a halo jump that he had to train for. And then he learned to fly helicopter. But this is him. I mean, he does all this. That's, I mean, that when we get to that burst scene and talk about it, the only special effects are taking the the security wire he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of insane. Yeah. I mean, beyond kind of this insane, I guess, but let's, let's build up to that point because that is obviously the centerpiece of it. So Katie, as someone who has not seen, Mm -hmm. you saw some of the first one, but a very different movie, obviously. Yeah. I don't remember that. Very different movie. Um, So the heart of the movie starts with this idea that Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt, is in a Russian prison. Uh, And I think a really interesting sequence of we don't know why he's there, what's going on. Well, and and we get a jail breakout. So for for somebody who doesn't know anything going in, uh, I, I liked the suspense of the opening scene where you so you see the breakout happening from the perspective of the orchestrator who's behind the scenes, right? So the guy behind the computer and then there's, you know, an agent, a woman, we don't know she's an agent yet, um, running through the sewers, right? And so you just start seeing doors open inside of the prison and random, random prisoners coming out, starting to fight with the guards. And so you don't really know like who's the target or wh- what is the target, right? Like you don't really know what the point is um, for a few minutes, but it's a very like, it's a very engaging opening scene. And then finally you see the face of Tom Cruise and you're like, Oh, that's, that's the guy you do. You get the back shot where like he's on the bed and you know that he's the one that they're like, you know, that this is all for basically. Um, but then he throws them a curveball by going to get his friend who's not in the direction that they're supposed to be moving. Uh, so yeah, I thought, I thought the, like the opening scene hooks you in immediately. Like you, you have questions that you're supposed to have and, uh, you want to figure out what's going on. It was great. Yeah. And, and as a lost fan, I love this because Josh Holloway's in it Mm -hmm. at the time we all loved as the agent. So we actually start out not with Tom Cruise, which was an interesting choice. I forgot about that part. Um, but just oh, quickly, right. and there's that Sorry. mission that goes wrong, but they kill Josh Holloway right away and to yeah. me. And maybe if you're, I guess it was a big deal to me because I knew lost. So to me, he was a big star mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, yeah. that's like, you know, a surprising element. And you get this other team and I do, I love how they intro Tom Cruise and Brad Bird. You know, if you, if you are a big, uh, Mission Impossible fan like me, you listen to the Light the Fuse podcast. I got my official Light the Fuse podcast t-shirt mm. today. It's in the background. Uh, but he was on their show talking about it, and that was very purposeful. He, he, he's like, everybody knows this is a Tom Cruise movie. So how do you introduce Tom Cruise in a different way? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say anything, and you don't see him mm-hmm. 
and you know it's him, but you still don't see him. And, and he goes, I just wanted to rise, you know, raise the anticipation of when are you actually going to see him? And when you see this face for the first time, is there going to be real meaning to that? And I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. And I think that highlights something what I like. I like the third one um, with J.J. Abrams because he had never directed a movie before. You know, Brad Bird had never done a live action movie. And then Chris McQuarrie had only done two movies prior to this. So I felt like none of them per se had things that, oh, this is a Brian De Palma movie. Like when we saw the first one, there's great moments of it. But De Palma was so set in his ways or the second one with John Woo. It's like, oh, this is a John Woo movie. So here are the doves. (laughs) You know, I felt like there's like with the movies recently, there's been real originality and then bringing like different backgrounds to it. And Brad Bird with like animation, everything about this movie moves. You know, I feel like there's not a lot of wasted time or a lot a, a lot of wasted um, moments in it, you know, and that's kind of like animation, right? If you're hand drawing all this stuff, think about an animated movie. Does there ever seem to be any wasted shots in an animated movie? You know, it's, it's all done efficiently, I think. And, and I love how that moves. And the first scene starts that, I think. And I love how it's time to the song. Like he knew yeah. he had to be out by the time that song's there. It's like Baby Driver, right? Not as good as Baby Driver, <laughs> but like Baby Driver, you know, this song's going to end. So you have to get there by the end of that song. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. I, uh, my favorite character by far was Simon Pegg as the oh, amazing computer, as Simon as a, Pegg. As, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I said to Jim, like, what a perfect addition of a character into this kind of a storyline, you know, where the, the first interaction between Ethan Hunt and this character is kind of confused where he's like, what are you doing here? And Simon Pegg's like, I passed my field exam. <laughs> I couldn't remember, Brian. Is he in three? He's in three. Really interestingly, he's like in the fine. He's a little bit in the middle-ish part of three. And then he becomes a big part in the final third of three. So the bad like, guy in three is Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's pretty oh, good. And he's a great bad guy. That, yeah. Like I, well, you should watch it. Um, yeah. He's great in it. But the thing about Simon Pegg that's real interesting is that he becomes so big in the rest of the that's series. That's true. Yeah. From the year on, and he's he's a he becomes huge. Second was, billing, really, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say so. Oh, that's um, exciting for him. And he's great. He gets better and better. Yeah. And that's one of the things I liked about this movie. And I'd be interesting for like Jim, because we talk about character development. What's interesting is I feel like there is slightly better character motives and development in this than sometimes you get in action movie. It's not perfect. It's not a drama where there's character development. And I find it interesting in the fact that I almost feel like the Tom Cruise character um, starting with this movie and some of his other movies after this as well, he, he's almost securing himself that his character is the lead, but some of the more interesting things are the characters around him and allowing him to do things, you know, so Simon Pegg gets most of the laughs in this. Paula Patton's really, I think, a pretty good. She's awesome. Female action. Yeah, I think she's great. And he's like comfortable to allow them to have those things and to go to a movie that we've done on the show as a comparison where you don't see those secondary characters. It's like John Wick. John Wick. I think one of the arguments is it's it's him shooting everybody. What else is going on? around that character in this movie i feel like there are other storylines yeah. going on around well, that character um 
yeah, like I feel like I, again, I understand the character, his motivations uh, and the other characters, all of those things that are missing from John Wick. Um, yeah, I think each of those four primary characters, you can see a little bit of what makes them tick. You get enough of a little bit of a story for each of them that um, you understand some of those interplays, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously there was a relationship between Paul Patton and Josh Holloway. And so we see his death at the beginning. We see the assassin that kills him. And so then when she shows up, you, there's already a, you know, a tension in the room uh, between those two characters. Um, you know, Jeremy Renner gives us the backstory on his involvement in. Yeah. No, keep going. Sorry. In Ethan Hunt's wife's death. And so that's the kind of un unknown, the unseen story that's creating conflict, um, you know, un until we discover that information later in the movie, um, which definitely gives you insight into his character and why he's been doing acting kind of some of the ways he has. And then Simon Pegg right off the bat, like, I think he's the most, um, like clear and true character in that, like uh, you immediately see well, he's the, the love that he has. Well, right. He just, he, Wants to support Ethan right, and all right. the things he's doing is slightly nervous. I thought you said the Kremlin. <laughs> all of the things. I mean, him walking through the Kremlin trying to like oh, give condolences so to off. Ethan yeah, about his off. wife's death. Like it's not funny, but it's like also funny because he's like he just want he wants to make sure he he says his piece yeah, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am shocked that um. What's her name seems to have disappeared from the face of the earth after this movie. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is Ooh, Ethan Hunt's wife. No, no, no Paul, Paul Patton. Patton. Well, because I, I said to Jim, I'm like, I, who is this woman? Like, she's dropped dead gorgeous. She was, she's, she was excellent uh, in the role. Robin Thicke's ex-wife. Huh. Who is it? Robin from Thicke. Blurred Lines, Robin Thicke's ex-wife. Oh, how about she, that? They, they God, really they wanted her back. Wonderful. But she had uh, contractual stuff for other movies and couldn't come back. And they oh, made some changes. Oh, well, that was a mistake. Moving yeah. forward. She yeah. bring her back. She... Well, they, she could be. She, there's there's a lot of talk in the next two, which have been delayed here, like every movie, um, that she could come back. There was It was not them not wanting her in. The one thing about this franchise is they have pretty much recycled yeah. everybody. Um, and actually, I do. I missed her in the other ones, but I think Rebecca Ferguson, who's in our movie we'll be doing next week, is amazing in the next two movies. And they keep Simon Pegg and Renner's around for one. And then um, there's a great interplay when they bring uh, Luther in for more of the next. But she's she would be a great she really was great. And as I thought about it, it was interesting because there were two Tom Cruise movies really close together where some of the best modern female action I've seen have been Tom Cruise movies. And you mix in Rebecca Ferguson in Rogue Nation and Fallout, and that's Paula Patton in this movie, and then Emily Blunt, who's amazing in Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's, real, that's like, a really good the, movie. They're, like, really fully... And I, part of this, I think, goes down to Christopher McQuarrie, who writes, because he wrote Edge of Tomorrow... He came in and did a, a lot of the rewrites for this movie. And then he does the other mission. But Tom Cruise really, I want to say, maybe not starting with this movie, I'd have to go back and look a little bit, has really had very strong female co-stars where he hasn't felt um, 
intimidated by that. Like you hear like Fast and the Furious. They talk about Fast and the Furious, like written in the contract of like Vin Diesel and The Rock is like, you can only hit me three times and I can hit you three times because I can't be seen getting beat up and like all this like crazy time. I don't feel like that was the case in this movie at all. She comes across to me is maybe the most badass person in this whole movie. Oh, yeah. She gets shot and she's like, fine, it's fine, fine. Um, no, I thought, I thought the the action sequences were awesome. The fight scenes, like I never, I never felt like anything went a beat too long. Like it felt like, you know, everything was trimmed perfectly, um, choreographed really well. (laughs) The only person that I thought was a little unbelievable is the final chase scene with the man with the briefcase, the, like the mastermind behind all of this. Like he is no match for Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt would have been all over that guy. The fact that he hangs in there. It's oh, not even that's close. You know what, to the end you know what I find funny is like when they they almost sometimes reverse engineer these movies, and I completely agree. And and upon your first watch, you would never get this, but this is like Chris McQuarrie and how they do it. If you recognize when they first tell Ethan about that guy, there's a throwaway line that that guy was special forces before he became and i'm sure they went back and di- that was like a yeah. ADR audio and they're probably uh, okay. like how well, are we going to but i appreciate yeah, he's at no least Liam they Neeson, that right? no, like no he's not not in the yeah. least he's not even like a sean connery type he doesn't look like he doesn't look like this is not sam elliott it's no, not like this, this, old, not dude sam can, this old dude can start some shit <laughs> but but yeah, I do like that final sequence fight between them in the in the in the mobile yeah, garage that was... because it's brutal. On second watch or third watch, I think I've seen this movie three times. Um, and I know that Chris McQuarrie kind of takes this in and runs with it a little more in the next two movies. Is that this like fight is more brutal that like Ethan actually gets hurt yes. and carries the injury through the fight. Which is so rare in an action movie. Yeah. yeah. Usually someone gets shot. Like it makes me think oh, of Con Air when yeah, so yeah, when he's yeah. like walking and getting shot and still fighting. It's yeah, like, I mean you see his knee go, you feel his knee go. And he carries his knee. Uh, yeah. You yeah. See him, yep. yeah. Yep. Um listen, all jokes aside, because we know I worship Tom Cruise movies and stuff like this. The more I see these movies and people like talk about the making of. And when I say I watch, I listen to the late, the fuse podcast about mission impossible and, and all these people they have on the directors, the cinematographers, the stunt people. And they say, you don't understand how difficult this is. So let's get jump ahead to the Burj, which is the centerpiece of this. Yeah. This is batshit crazy. What's going on here. <laughs> this is the tallest building in the world. Yeah. They go onto this building and they're like, okay, Brad Bird signs on. He goes, I get it. We're going to do this. Awesome. Um, how are we going to shoot this? And, you know, Tom Cruise says, uh, we're going to shoot it on it. And everyone's like, you know, what movie would ever allow the star to go 144 <laughs> floors yeah. out onto this building with wire and and he, it's him. I'm and just imagining the property manager of the building being like, uh, 
Mm, I don't well, like this. Yeah. Yeah, no, this guy yeah. dies on our building. <laughs> this He's like, but could uh, never happen in America. They would never no. ever allow this. But this was so fascinating to me. So like the behind the scenes stuff. And I had read a lot about it. And if you if you've never seen this before, there's an amazing picture they did to help sell the movie, which is they brought Tom Cruise all the way to the top and he sits on the spire. Uh, in a pair of jeans and no shoes and a t-shirt and just waves and that's him he's like yeah but so they this place hadn't been burge hadn't been done and uh so they had a few floors they could work with they had to take out 26 windows imax cameras he's running around on it at one point they forgot he was out there i guess brad bird was saying like they what? were having a meeting and it was starting to get dark. And they I guess some of them had assumed he had come in and he just went swinging by being like, hey, oh everybody, my. what's going on? Oh You'd be out God. there for hours. This is how intense this guy is. He had them build a replica like section of it in a studio because he's like, I'm going to be in Dubai. And he had lights shot on it. So it would get up to like 100 degrees and he would just crawl up and down it for 30 minutes. Dear uh, Lord. Like in a, so he could do this because he said, this is what they all say about him. If you watch it, if you're going to do these things in real, not only does he have to do the stunt, but he demands and Chris McQuarrie always talks about this. He demands that the camera shows his face when he does it or he's not going to do it. And he says they have to know it's me or why are we going to do this for real? If you're mm -hmm. not going to show my face, yeah. then we might as well just go into a, a set and do it. Yeah. So he's like, they're like, this guy acts through this stuff. Well, and it's so, insane. So the question that Jim had when we were watching last night, he's like, so does it change the viewing experience knowing that it's a practical effect and not CG? And I think it does. I think, no, I think it does. No, but if you're ignorant to it, it does not. Well, that's, but that's why yes. they make it such a big deal. Right, right, but so that's it becomes a, that, publicity, but, but it that's also meta. Changes. It's outside of the. It's okay. outside right. of the film, but it it does ch it changes the way you see that movie. It does. Right, right. It's all that Scientology <laughs> juice he's drinking. <laughs> it is. That man, I don't know. He, he knows about that if he bounces, if, if the wire <laughs> drops listen, him, he's but, fine. Like, listen, we can talk about the Scientology. I, the guy looks like he's fifteen years younger than he is, and he does all this. He, he will probably die in a movie set someday. But I mean, yeah, I think it does. Katie's right. And and they change a lot of and I think they learn from the this film, because if you see the last two movies, they're like, no, we're going to show you what the stunt is. So, for for example, Rogue Nation, they, they slap them on that plane and they showed it to everybody. They're like, we're going to show you how we did it. You're going to do it. So then you watch it and you're like, holy God. The difference was, and I think it's really interesting, is Chris McQuarrie did it in the next two movies. He makes the sequences where Cruz does the really crazy thing, like the jump out of the halo thing, or in the second one where he holds onto the plane, he puts them at the beginning. Yeah. And that was like shocking to me, right? So you see the airplane one in Rogue Nation, you're like, this has to be the conclusion because what movie would waste this anywhere else? And it happens 30 seconds into the movie. Like this, right, is is obviously the pinnacle of this movie and they stick it right in the center. And I think what Brad Bird did, which is pretty impressive, is he did enough in front of it and enough behind it to make it an interesting movie, because mm -hmm. you really could check out after this. Right. You're like, holy shit, what's he doing? Like, that's amazing. OK, you know, it's a spectacle like and that's what that movie becomes. And you you can watch the 15 minutes and move on but he did enough to make it 
continuously interesting, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like, you know, there's several spots in the movie where you think that things are going to kind of go one way. And, you know, there's always like something that doesn't quite work, which, you know, we expect in an action movie. But um, I don't know. I think it, like it, it always it felt believable. Like each each time it was like, yep, like that. <laughs> right. Like sometimes I think in action films where like where everything goes flawlessly you lose me as a viewer, right? Because that's not how life happens. And so, like, when they're cruising through the streets of India, yeah. you know, with, like, not enough time, and they get stopped by a group of pedestrians crossing the road, I'm like, yeah, that's real life in a car chase, right? Like, you- in a car chase... You don't you don't you don't get to weave through every single <laughs> street well, no. and avoid all the traffic. That's so true. And we talked about like great like we just saw a great car chase recently in you know, Baby Driver. And the, remember, and they at the beginning when they get stuck on a bridge and they have to run and they have to get another car. I recently rewatched Bullet with Steve McQueen, and that doesn't end perfectly. Yeah. And this one, it doesn't. In fact, one of the things I like about Mission Impossible movies, Tom Cruise is like, what are like four or five things you want to a director? And Brad Bird, I think he said seven things. And Brad Bird said, I got six of the seven. Tom, let me put six to seven in the movie. And one of the key things he wanted is he said, I want all the technology we have to fail. And if you think about it, yeah, all yeah. the, the glove fails, the car at the end fails, mm-hmm. the masks fail, all the technology yep. fails. That is yeah. so interesting. Sometimes that. you're on a Zoom call and your Wi-Fi cuts out, right? And then your class is just without a it. teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the but and but the humor of like Simon Pegg throughout the entire movie. Oh, this is going to work. This is going to be great. Yeah. They, like this is you. the yeah, this is easily the funniest movie. And I, I give credit to Brad Bird, like the one liners in it. When Jeremy I, Renner I keeps counting, de- Jeremy Renner keeps counting down to Tom Cruise as he's trying. He goes, the, the countdown's not helping. I got to be honest. That's the only thing that like holds me back from really, truly loving Brian's going to hate this piece of my hot take. Tom Cruise is the only piece that keeps me from really loving these movies. Mm. And not, not specifically him as the actor, but the Ethan Hunt character. I feel like I get more from other pe- other people. But, but I think... I, see, I know it's purposeful. Is, yes, but that's what I think it is. I think he's just... But like, I, we have James Bond... I think if they don't get into the into the next two movies, really what makes Ethan Hunt tick, then I'm oh, not going to care I, much. I see. I thought the last one did a better. The fallout was more focused on know. him a little bit. Personally. See, that doesn't bother me because to me, he's like the epitome of just like, I'm going to get this job done. And I kind of it's like Seinfeld. Do you like Seinfeld? Right. In terms of the show Seinfeld, it's like. Seinfeld himself was never the best part of it. Like, I feel like the Ethan Hunt role in these movies is he does the crazy action. He does that and he's moving along. And in the last three in particular, he's like, I can't be funnier than Simon Pegg. So Simon Pegg is going to be like Jim said, he's the perfect sidekick for that type of character, because I think he gives that character more the stuff that's missing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like a good puzzle piece of what's going on here. Are you pointing at me like I'm I'm your Simon Pegg? No, you said that. You said oh. he's the perfect psychic, <laughs> not me. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, I Katie. think, listen, I'm going to say the thing. I 
I think something's always going to be lost in a movie by having Tom Cruise as your a celebrity because people don't really like Tom Cruise. No, no, no. That's and that's not. Oh, I think you're wrong about that. I I think Maybe he had his like heyday. I think I think the fact that he does his own stunts is probably his like claim to fame in this whole game, right? Like I I don't think that Tom Cruise is I think people think he is attractive and a good actor and does cool stunts. I don't think people want to hang out at the bar with him and have a beer. I don't think people want to like have him over for dinner. Oh no, he's, no, he's not, not that a type of guy. Right. No. He's not-, he's not the guy that you want to like get to know better. And so I think there's always going to be a disconnect with your audience of like I would go have a beer with Tom Cruise. I'm sure you would. Yeah, Ryan. but most people would rather have a beer with the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> That's it. Right? Like, like the Rock has that yeah. Right. He's the new he's he is that new level of of action star too. Yeah. But like Agreed. And I know that Tom Cruise can act outside of being an action star. And that's sort of what I'm like, give us a lit. Like, I know it's Mission Impossible, but in the first movie, there are more acting opportunities than in any other movie, which is why I think it's my favorite. I would love to see like the seventh and eighth get back to some old school espionage type stuff where it's not all technology based, where it's more like, where it's more of the like like influence and and like subterfuge and stuff like that yeah, and, like, it's more like a 70s right. spy well, he there was only a one little bit in this movie where tom cruise wasn't sure who he could trust and i yeah. think that's a part of this that gets lost in the later piece for me like you yeah. get it with rebecca ferguson later on to some extent but a then bit, yeah. that relationship starts to seem really cliche. But like in the first movie. Oh, you, there was. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. You're all and over it's the so place. good. Well, but that's interesting because I thought that the the part at the Kremlin, I thought showed a little bit of that of, you know, so it wasn't just the technology. It was him having to play a character. And so you got to see these different pieces of him, right? Like the language and the oh, yeah. the way he carried himself like you know and we're like without him Simon Pegg blows the whole thing right like right, right. <laughs> right like Simon Pegg does not have that particular set of skills and so you get to see the stuff that's more than just you know the car chases and the fights and yeah. the right like but the first movie is like a chess match yeah, to some it's extent more, it's, it's, it's more that, the palm in that respect yeah, I yeah, agree yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I like about this franchise though is there is there is a level of debate of which is your favorite because they're, they are very different pieces to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the first one. The first one is the first one to me. If you take out um, the train sequence at the end, you'd be hard pressed to classify that as an action film. There's not a lot of action in the first one. In fact, no guns are fired other than Jim Phelps, like fake firing a gun and and then shooting at the end of it. This is clearly an action movie and moving forward, it's kind of morphed into it. So I would be interested to see 
what seven and eight look like. You know, six and seven, even though McQuarrie, uh, excuse me, five and six, even though he did them, they're different films and look and yeah. style. And I also think this film is interesting in the sense that Jerry Renner, if they're going to say it or not, I, I really believe was brought in to replace Tom Cruise. I I was just going to ask that question. That's a great point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this was soon after. They seem very similar Locker, right? in style. Yeah. This, this and this was, is prior to event to him. Well, no, right. This was like, this is when Jeremy Renner was like the it guy in these so, movies. So John yeah. Brooks know, has it, a question about this. So why don't, why don't we yeah, bring that John up? Brooks said any theories on why Renner has been diminished in terms of his role well, as the movies progressed. And actually, probably... he, he, well, he here they came up with a couple of problems uh, with Rogue Nation. It was actually both Rogue Nation and Fallout were similar issues. It was his commitments to Avengers. Yeah, he, he couldn't be in Fallout at all because of um, the fact he was supposed to be in Infinity War. And spoiler alert, if you've ever seen or not seen Infinity War, he's not in it at all. And he couldn't be in a Mission Impossible movie because of that. In Rogue Nation, they wanted to do a little something different because it was, I think, Katie, maybe they felt kind of what you just said there. You know, maybe Paramount, who made the movies, wanted him to become it. But when it became very clear after Ghost Protocol making a lot of money that Tom Cruise isn't going anywhere. Yeah. That it was like, okay, what could he be? And I thought it was interesting that he was playing the kind of political side of it. Uh, which I thought was good for him in the next movie. I thought he's okay in that. And he, he's actually funny with Vin, um, Ving Rhames. Like they play mm-hmm. off it. And then they, he had an offer out for fallout. They said, we want you in this. And he said, I, I can't do it because he was committed to Avengers. So okay. he very well could come back now that Avengers is done. That's the thing about it. There are a lot of people that are up for grabs here. Uh, Paul could come back. You know, Jeremy Renner could come back. There's all sorts of people. They've already said Kitridge is coming back, Jim. Oh, really? For the next movie. So uh, there's all sorts of. And by the way, the casting when it comes out, there's been some amazing casting for the next two movies um, that they go there with. One of the things that is underappreciated, I think, of the Burge scene is I love when they do the two rooms the heist oh, part it's of great. the movie. That's what I'm start. talking about. That I was, is so good. I say that too. Yeah. yeah. No, because that, that, right. That's, that's, that's like, like classic mind play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's like great buried in an, I know this is an action movie, but there are some stuff in here where you don't get your traditional action directors. Like there's some cool, oh, just stuff. Simon Pegg just with the fake, fake arm. The fake arm. I love is the fake hilarious. arm. The fake, fake arm with the arm. diamonds. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And then the this, printer in the briefcase. I yeah. like there was just some like fun oh, stuff in that it, scene. Yeah, it is. There's a, this movie has a lot of fun stuff like that, which uh, going back to like the Tom Cruise character, I'm wondering, it's like if you're going to be and Brad Bird said in particular, one of the things he wanted to do is he's like, we needed to, to be a team. And we know Tom Cruise is the star, but we had to make sure other people got something in a James Bond movie. It's just James Bond. Yeah, they might have other characters there, but the James Bond character is not giving the best stuff to anybody else. Yeah. Well, and like, I it's love, just not allowed. I mean, so, I mean, Paula Patton and Jeremy Renner both end up having similar skills to Ethan Hunt. Right. I mean, like they, they can all they kind are, they're, of they're like, all trained. Right? right. Yeah. That's their vibe. Uh, right. Simon Pegg, man. I love it. I love that. that like yeah. He has his set of skills, 
but like they need him to yeah. play a part, right? He's, like he can't just stay behind the computer and operate the technology. Like there's there's moments where like he's got to step from behind the shadows. And, and he like, shoots the he sh- he, he does the thing, and it's yeah. believable, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. not like there's never a moment where you're like, oh, I didn't expect. I yeah, didn't and they don't they don't happen. do that cliche thing of him being like. Uh, earlier in the movie, not able to take a shot and like wet his pants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't it's do like, that. No, they just no. make him right. seem like he passed, he's, he's more comfortable. He's freaking an agent, other. right? Like he can fire a right. gun and hit a but, target. And but they keep getting the thing I like is they keep getting better with that character. And it's it, this is such an odd franchise because the first three I feel are very unconnected. Like right. The, they're very unconnected. There's elements of all three that are interesting and stuff like this, but I feel like four, five, and six, there's different elements to it, but you, it feels like of the same family. You remember when we talked about like one of our problems, like the last Jedi and the, in the modern star Wars movies is there was no, nothing cohesive about those. Well, they weren't telling They weren't telling the same story. Like (laughs) I feel like what, for better or worse, the the Ethan Hunt character allows us to do is we're able to go to the next movie and tell a self-contained story, but the Simon Pegg character is developed and they're adding people to it. And the feel that Brad Bird was able to do gets taken with the next two. And I think it's a coin toss. Like if you look at the next, those three, four, five, and six, somebody's going to say fallout's the best. Somebody's going to say, no, Ghost Protocol is the best. Somebody's going to love Rogue. I love Rogue Nation. There's just one sequence in it, which I absolutely love, um, which is the Opera House. Scene. Uh, now, I don't John know Brooks if it's agrees with you on that one, yeah. Brian yeah. Costello. But I don't know if that's my favorite. Like Rogue Nation's not my favorite movie, but that's like the interesting thing. And one of the things I like about movies in the Mission Possible movies is like, is there a, if I wanted to, could I just put the movie on and watch a 15 or 20 minute segment of it? And like the Dubai sequence, I can watch from when they show up to Dubai through, by the way, we don't even have time really to talk about it. The amazing sand chase, yeah, mm. which is like a, a twist on it, right? It's like, it's not going to be a car chase. We're going to have a foot chase and we're going to do the sand. And then it's, there's so many interesting choices made, I feel like, in this movie where it's, it could have been awful. I'm sure right. they were doing it. Like uh, they have a picture of it how this movie was being written, they had to bring Chris McQuarrie in. And you know who else wrote part of the ending, Jim? Damon Lindelof. Uncredited. They brought him in. And Jim and I love Damon Lindelof, so maybe that's another reason. But yeah. Chris McQuarrie was sitting on a bed in the hotel where Tom Cruise was swinging outside, typing pages that would be printed out downstairs and in read. In the briefcase? But yeah, in like basically <laughs> the equivalent of the briefcase. And they said, this is like what making these movies are. Like you show up and somebody has an idea and you do it. And I think it works pretty well in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's we, a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, can we get you to watch more Mission Impossible movies, Katie? Uh, yeah, this is this is my kind of action, right? Yeah. Like it's intelligent action. It's not like turn off my brain and enjoy a gunfight action. I think Katie actually I think Katie would like three, five and six. Maybe yeah, not as yeah. much as this, now but listen. I think you. We don't need to turn into all. light the fuse here. That already no, no. that already exists. No, no. We are only doing one. <laughs> I am telling you, we are only doing one Mission Possible movie a year. Okay, fair. Our friends over at Pop Addle, they're doing them all now. They're Good doing for them. them all. We're Good for going them. one a year. I will not force. <laughs> 
this will not be a Tom Cruise podcast, even though I want it to be. <laughs> Katie doesn't want any new friends, apparently. Um, Jim, I, I wanted to ask you this because I was listening to Brad Bird talk about it. And he said two. And I want to see your take on this. He said there were two major movies that he watched before this that greatly influenced him mm-hmm. in terms of the aesthetic and look. One was Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and the other was Die Hard. Yeah, there, there's a Die Hard specific sequence with the yes. with the with the uh, the hose. Where he takes the Absolutely. hose and jumps off the roof. Jump, jumps off oh, the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, obviously the washed out look when they're running through the yeah. the sandstorm is very Raiders. Um, you know. Yeah. I, I it, This is, just as an aside, Paul Hirsch uh, edited this, and he's the guy who did Star Wars, Ferris yeah. Bueller's Day Off, which we did recently. This is one of the fascinating things I heard. He said, Brad Bird, I've never heard of this. He, this guy's directed, edited every movie. He goes, Brad Bird, because he did. Um, the reason the movie feels so fast is Brad would sit with him when they would edit it and he would want to look at every image. Like, usually when you like every frame, he, every frame, and he would cut out useless frames because your eye can't pick it up. Mm-hmm. And that's why this, and that's like Brad Bird, that's so like so interesting that he would do it. I, I just, this movie with rewatch. Um, I'm kind of with Jim. The The final third, I had always kind of been like, oh, I thought it was good. But this one I rewatched. I was like, man, that there's some actually some pretty brutal, pretty cool stuff in this final third. And and the humor comes through when he hits that thing and is like mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. And then Luther he has says balls, that. <laughs> Luther balls, busts his balls. Katie, my only concern, and it didn't seem to bother you, was um, by skipping three, Three has the whole deal with his wife, and then you get the thing at the end. Did that bother you at all? No, because or is well, this a so, good entry point? No, because I I think it you get enough of the information. Well, you're in the same position as Jeremy Renner, so yeah, like that's, that's the best point, point. right? Yeah, like so, I point. I hear yeah. what Jeremy Renner's perspective was of the situation. It informs what was happening with Tom Cruise in the jail at the beginning. Yeah, that, that's the genius, right? Point. Yeah, so it all it all works. That's they had great. to have had a really good drink the night whoever wrote that piece figured out how they could tie the prison sequence into the Jeremy well, Renner character that, that, and all that linchpin. Yeah, yeah, because that that's that makes McQuarrie. the movie work. That's where he makes his money. He goes in and rewrites, and now people know him. But apparently, he can't even say he's gone in and saved a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those guys they bring in to be like the saver. Okay, because the Jeremy Renner's you said character. Chris McQuarrie? Why don't you say <laughs> is it, so? Who is it? Harvey and <laughs> Reservoir Dogs? No, it's a uh, yeah. Well, it's Harvey Keitel in, yeah. in Pulp Fiction. Pulp the Wolf. Fiction. Sorry. Yeah. The Wolf. Well, the he's funny also thing is, Dogs. and I I don't know what this is, but apparently Jeremy Remmer, uh, Renner was like playing. He's like Chris McQuarrie went up to him because he came on like during the movie he's like this is what you're doing now he's like but i've been playing the character a completely different way and he goes nope this is the twist and i don't know if they always yeah. wanted him to be an analyst and then mcquery came in and said no you're going to be this but that was an interest like you always, i don't know like there's no, but, and parts I, of and I loved, that are I really loved that. i thought they played that perfectly like that was one of those scenes where it felt like something could go wrong here you know like just an analyst like obviously he's not just an analyst mm, yeah. and then it it waited right like it waited and then ethan hunt brings it up you know like there was a moment where yeah. it's like is he not going to say anything about that like it, it but it, i felt like the timing all worked out like it i don't yeah. know 
It was, yeah. it was, this is a good, it's a good movie. It's the good one movie. thing that bummed me out and Jim will remember this is that it was intended that Max from the first movie was going to be the arms oh, dealer yeah. that Cruz met with, but Paramount refused to give her the money hmm. because the last movie hadn't made it. And that's why they brought back the guy who puts the hood on his head. Yeah. who's also the guy from the first one. Uh, can't recommend this highly enough. So excited. I was a little scared. Oh, I no. Almost got in, almost got no, into it's, a good to, it's good to keep line. Oh, depression yeah. no. over the fact that I mean, this was again, not if be... we just keep using John Wick as the um, the gauge by which we we're going to we do John Wick too. measure this, so. all yeah. action films we're do them all. wildly. We're do this trilogy. is wildly we're better do little than women, John we're Wick. We're going to do John Wick too. I've heard John Wick 2 is better than John Wick 1, so I am more willing to watch John Wick 2 than I am to rewatch <laughs> I... the first one. I love you enough not to ever make you watch John Thank you. <laughs> I do too. Thank I, you very much. I don't want to all right, please watch this movie if you have not. Uh, it's a great movie. Like to, I, by the way, I have it on uh, an extra Blu-ray. I now have two Blu-ray copies <laughs> and a 4D copy and a digital extra digital copy. So if, if you're someone who loves Mission Impossible, 4K, sorry. Well, no, I'm interested in the 4D. Well, I don't know what 4D is, but move on that. That's when it's all, it's all of the walls. I am actually in, in the, movie. the movie. I'm in the movie at that point. That's actually will, right out of far, yeah. Fahrenheit 451. That's... All right. Future of technology. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> it is time for Game of the Week. All right, here we go. Game of the Week. We're playing higher or lower. Uh, so, Katie and Jim, this is the question this week. Is there a higher or lower chance of you doing one of these things mm -hmm. than climbing the Burj Khalifa oh. like Tom Cruise did? Okay. Um, again, which he did. I, I, you can go on YouTube, by the way, and look at the video of that. And I highly recommend you do. It's batshit crazy that he's doing these things. All right. Um, is there a higher or lower chance of you covering yourself? Uh, by the way, I should add, all of these scenarios are based around current pandemic things mm -hmm. that have occurred. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a higher or lower chance of you covering yourself head to toe in honey and having a bucket of murder hornets dumped on you? Um, I lower, I will not cover myself. I don't want the murder hornets. I will climb well, the, or hang from the Burj Khalifa. The murder hornets. I want to do a little research on them because what they, they do really, are they like killer bees? You know, they didn't actually kill anybody or they, no, they really murder dangerous. bees. Did, no, but did they you murder hear, honey. Did you hear bees? the scientists referring to like what their sting feels like? Yeah. But if you're if you're covered with thick honey, maybe they won't get through the honey. No, I'm getting I'm going outside on the Burj Khalifa. That's that's happening. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're the, right. The yeah. murder I I don't want am, any murder hornets. I don't need any more shit. These fucking murder hornets, like seriously? I it's like ridiculous. we need those. My parents found one. Not, There's one in my there was one where? in my parents. They like Your they parents like did not that is bullshit. They're in the northwest. My Katie. father, like documented it and called because you know he's master he gardener i would love to see that picture gardener. could you put it on could you bring it to yeah, thursday show they are here they are not in pennsylvania they are here oh my god i'm terrified of them they are here um yeah murder hornets like wait come on seriously? scott newmeyer what is the coyote peterson video I don't know what you speak of. Uh, oh, Is this related even... to the murder hornets? <laughs> yeah, no, please no. I, oh, I don't think I, I don't think I, I want don't to. I don't want to watch any murder mm -mm. hornet videos. No, no. I no. should say this as a, a as a thing. The stump people were saying for this movie, 
they said, well, you have Tom Cruise. They said after a certain height, you fall and you die anyway. So once you get yeah. above that threshold, it doesn't really matter. I, how I agree. Because yeah, yeah. I feel like, Which is like two I, if I can't see the ground, I, know. I think the they, ground think is said, the like, I, no, I, I think they said that. I think it was like over 100 feet. You're dead anyway. So what yeah. at that point? Well, it's taking it all the way feet, up. They were they were, you know, Jeremy Renner was worried about the 25 foot drop. Yeah, no. I would. Well, yeah. no, I was Into more worried fan, about the fan. The blender fan? <laughs> the fan more than the drop. <laughs> when, he, when he's stretching. As, like, uh, as a computer no components hunt. geek, I was very happy that they worked in the fact that if you turn off the fans in a computer, it gets really effing hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they did. They were no, good. I, I loved that. They should scene be too. liquid cooling that shit. I thought though. that was a great scene. <laughs> Yeah, right, that comes go. up later, so, right, Brian? Liquid yeah, cooling? It does. yeah, no, it does come up later. All right, here we go. Uh, number two, uh, is there a higher or lower chance of you wanting to take a ride in the UFO that the Pentagon has now admitted uh, existed lower. earlier this week? Lower. I'm still going to go out. Oh, hell yeah. I'm a new, I'm UFO in that shit. No! UFO just means an unidentified flying object. That could have been a Russian something. Could oh, you're, been, you're just going to get right on Could have been... Pleasant aliens. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I will take the the thing that I know over the thing I don't know. I will do the hang outside. Need to do a fourteen day quarantine. It's a great question. Maybe Ooh. you get on the UFO and you bring that Rona, and then you wipe out the aliens. That could be like the end of War of the Worlds. How That's do it. we get you not to do that? Again? <laughs> I am shocked nobody cares about UFOs pictures. I don't think people understand that situation. Brian, everything from the government right now feels like tabloid news. So it just like what? I don't know. Sasquatch tomorrow. I have been saying for a long time, space exploration is important. An alien has told me it's not. (laughs) She's told me it's not worth spending money on. That sounds like a you problem. I think we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, okay, higher or lower chance? Are you going to climb the building or quarantine yourself in a one-room apartment with one of your exes for two weeks? The Burj Khalifa. Every single yeah. time. All of these responses, I will take the Burj. Thank you. Yeah. Jim. All right. All right. And finally, uh, would you rather climb the building or watch The Notebook or John Wick every day for a year? I will also still be hanging out of that window. <laughs> Do I get to pick? Can I take both of them and rotate or do you I need can, You can rotate. You could take both. I think I could do the movies. So here's Katie's like weird little thing. Cause the kids, we've been talking about things that are weird this week. We watched a, a video from one of my favorite writers where she read mm. about like the, the lion that was weird tiger. That was weird. So my kids have been asking me like, what makes you weird? I'm like, I've really always loved climbing on top of stuff. I have. Mm. From the time I was little, like I love climbing stuff. I will still get up on whatever, whatever I can climb. I will get up in the tree outside. I'll climb up on the kitchen counter. Like you will walk into my kitchen and find me standing on the counters just because it's fun. I mean, I'm also probably getting a glass from a tall shelf, but like I also just really enjoy it. I like climbing things. And now you have a new chair to stand on. I have a new chair to stand on. It's very sturdy. I love it. All right. They're going to climb the building. All right. Five questions. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? So close. Every week it's one. Label. Make some math. Mr. Lebowski. There's only four. What the fuck is that? I'm not going to write on them. Just one. Or it's like a placement. Like a 
which one's the top and which one's the bottom. All right, here we go. You handle uh, your shit. I am answering <laughs> five questions this week. You handle your shit. I'll handle my shit. Jim wrote the questions. I did. Brian's I answering I am, them. I am answering I'm the questions. I'm going to be quiet. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Brian? Heights. Uh, I hate heights. Yeah. <laughs> I am terrified of them. In fact... Um, always? Were you oh, always... I, uh, no, I've never liked heights. Okay. I, I don't like bridges. I don't like driving over bridges. Hmm. I had a, a big issue uh, at the Bay Bridge, <laughs> by the way, which the is Bay a set Bridge piece tunnel? for uh, Mission Impossible 3K. Oh, yes, it is. Ooh, yes, I'll, yeah, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll be excited uh, about I that. I don't like getting out there. Uh, I've been, I led several high school trips to Europe. The first time I went, I refused to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower because I'm so terrified of heights. The second one, I had no choice and I had to, and it was that not sounds easy. made up. And then I was went to, the t- uh, then I went to the, well, you have to, the high school kids are paying kids. a lot of money. You you know, have to. Uh, and then I, I also it, had to have walk to the top. Understand what have means. <laughs> I had to walk to the top of Mount Vesuvius, which <laughs> that's a whole other episode because the fear that was, <laughs> Associated I don't with know that. if I, I knew this fear of heights. Did you know? No, and I, I will say that I don't have a uh, uh, my relationship with heights has gotten worse over the years. All of my fears have gotten worse, and yeah. I don't know what that is. If that's like an instinctual, like as you get older, you have to make safer choices or something. But like crowds, motion. Yeah. I don't mind like airplanes. Like I'm not talking yeah. about that type of height. It's yeah. I yeah I I just don't I don't mm-hmm. like I'm I. I might have taken all of the options over climbing the Burj Khalifa. Oh, that's interesting. I would have. have, Well, I have another another conundrum for you. I might have done number two. Our would you rather question? Oh, yes. Knowing your hatred for sand, would you rather be caught in the sandstorm from Ghost Protocol or watch Labyrinth ten times before you could watch another movie? I hate sand, and I would. Bathe naked in a pool of sand before I would watch Labyrinth no, again. No, that's ridiculous. I would, I would allow myself to be buried completely in sand. You would, I would not watch die before you would watch that movie ten times. Oh, it's so bad. That's ridiculous. Such a, such a um, bad movie. We must rewind just a moment because one of our listeners knows Brian from college. And said, "This this is interesting information about your fear of heights because you did rock the top bunk when you lived yeah, in Haiti. Well, top bunk's not very high. <laughs> no. no, but how did that play out? Because I feel like the roommate situation of who gets the top bunk, who gets the bottom bunk, that can be a tenuous thing. And you and your Tom roommate Hoy did got not have he wanted. Well, you did not have a great relationship. <laughs> be, so this be, is to, this is a good to, story. Uh, to be fair, I slept on the floor." many weekends i so do I remember that because you so couldn't get really, up to the top yeah, so i didn't make it there I'll, yeah I'll probably uh you know two out of seven days a week i was on the floor so. <laughs> or on someone else's floor <laughs> on someone else's floor that's true so i wasn't there that much okay yeah. it worked out much better when we were ra's and then we had our own little lounging yeah. areas yeah mm. yeah I mean, to be fair, when I had my own room, I didn't make it in my bed. I was on the couch. Oh, that picture of my room came up in my memories again. It's so good. It's you like, love it it's so much. So, I'm so There's proud of it. It's just a part of you. That's it's so interesting. The pride. I don't know why. Why? There's so it's so many <laughs> interesting things in that why? picture. Why? All right. Mm. We should share that out. Well, no. number three, number three and four, I kind of tied together. So, 
Uh, number three, blank is the best action sequence we have watched on com majors. And number four, I'm going to do them both at the same time. What is your favorite action Ooh. sequence we have watched on com majors? So, All right. Mm -hmm. Subtle, subtle, this but was, different. No, that it took me a second when I read it today. Yeah. Um, I think the best action sequence ties into perhaps the best opening of any film of all time. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the best action sequence is the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The temple. I, I don't, the, the, I, like, the, I just, the idol I, yeah, I, I think that that still in a hundred years will be a sequence and a film that people discuss. So I think it's difficult. I, I, there were a lot of runner ups, you know, of things we watched the baby driver car chase sequence was amazing. Mm -hmm. Having just rewatched Jurassic park, the whole T-Rex like sequence is a great the action sequence. sequence. Yeah. The kitchen sequence. Um, some of the mission possible ones were really good, but that Raiders, I, it, it's just, it's a classic movie. There's just, and, and it influences so many other movies when that rock is, I don't know. It's just, that's the best. So My much like favorite, the rocketeer. Well, the Rocketeer has some good action sequences. It's just not just until an hour and 27 minutes until the movie. Yeah, um, where he uses the rocket. Like once. Where he uses like the rocket, it. finally. Oh. Um, my favorite action sequence is the Langley sequence for Mission Impossible. Yes, the first one, the white the room. The first scene. one, the white room. Though the Burge is amazing. Yeah. They're, they're good action sequences for different reasons. But again, that... Mission Impossible sequence, if you ask filmmakers, has more impact than people. Yeah, uh, and that's it's almost like a stealth. It's different. That's a different it's, one. Yeah, it's, no one's getting killed. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I just read ahead to the next question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, we might as well go there now I'm because Katie. <laughs> Deep thoughts, Brian. Yes, and I'm, I'm sure this this probably might have happened in college at some point. If I told you that I would catch you from a drop of twenty five feet, would you trust me to catch you? I don't know. I do remember one night where I fell on the ground and you started kicking me under a bush. So, hey, I don't lady, know. <laughs> I found three white horses. If you had to jump from <laughs> from yes, the third I, floor Hayfee catwalk down I, to the low in, into the quad, I'd would you trust of, me to catch you? Uh, I would be afraid I'd hurt you. You were a catcher. How? How? No, he would not let you drop. He would not I, let you I, fall. I, I would trust you to catch me. Yeah. I absolutely would trust yeah. you. To catch Thank you. Me. Yep. No, I, <laughs> Jim serves a very specific purpose in this family. Do we want to delve into what that is, or is that yeah, a yeah it's podcast? basically the taken situation? <laughs> I have a very certain set of skills. He has a set of skills. Uh, very, very important. Very... The other day, Lily, so we we were doing work on the house, and um, I went in search of a screwdriver to remove something from the closet, and she comes following me into the basement. She says, "Do you want me to go get dad?" <laughs> I was like. To find a screwdriver? She's like, yeah, I just feel like dad. Dad's going to know where these are. Yeah. Then we get up to the room with the screwdriver. She's like, mom, do you want me to get dad? <laughs> She's scared you're going to ruin her room. I can, I can use 
listen, screwdriver, Lily. There is something about first daughters and their fathers. My daughter Claire today said, "Daddy, you look so much like your Mission Impossible action oh figure." Oh my god! <laughs> How much you did you pay her? Quarantine is really getting the Claire. <laughs> You could be a machine. She looked at my high school picture, which we have hanging. She's like, you guys oh, yes, the same. you do. You could be that. Well, that is I true. Said, you did look like I, a young I Tom said, Cruise. I said, mm. yes, you are very That's child. basically what Tom Cruise looked like in Risky Business that, or that football been, movie that's not very good. All the right moves. Mm. That's actually it's, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> it is a pretty good movie. Uh, it's set in Schuylkill County, actually. What? It yeah. yeah, it is. All the right moves. Going back to your, like, uh, from we did our... Uh, Reality TV episode. If Tom oh, yeah. Cruise does not get the scholarship for football, he ends up having to work in Cal- the coal to, mine. Nobody in Schuylkill County gets a scholarship for football. So no. there, I'm going to shoot he a works hole in right the coal that. mine. Coal mine. Um, Got to touch the black lung, pa. Yeah, that's merman. <laughs> merman. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Uh, watch Mission Impossible mm-hmm. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, we have. A couple exciting things upcoming here. Uh, first, quick tease for our next movie that we're going to be doing. It's Jim's Choice. Really excited about this one because it ties into a previous Com Majors episode. Jim, what are we watching? We are watching Dr. Sleep, the Stephen King adaptation. Now, to which, be clear, are we watching the director's cut or the regular? I'm going to watch the regular. Okay. Because I haven't seen it yet. I'm okay. going to watch the director's cut. No, you're not. <laughs> you watch the regular. I'll watch the director's cut and we'll meet in the middle. I'm really excited to see how he ties in the movie and and the book of The Shining into this. Yeah, so. I am, too, because as a, this is nothing spoilery. There's been a lot of positive comments for people who love the movie and who love the book. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm pretty excited. I had wanted to see this in the theater and I didn't get a chance. I miss you and McGregor too. I think you should be in, uh, oh, in so many so more movies. The so beginning good. of that sentence sounded like, I miss you. I was like, I miss Brian too. I'm sorry. Oh, I do miss Brian. I miss you, Brian. Um, <laughs> I miss your face. Then, I miss your musk. Thursday. Thursday. This is exciting. We. I feel like our... Like standing in the podcast world is about to be elevated. We are getting our first like professional interview. Rocketing. You have been with us at the bottom, and now we are. So I have so many questions for Thursday. We are having a legitimate director. Not of internet movies. No, 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 no. Not of of short YouTube films. No, no, no. This we are having Tess Malone, who has worked on The Good Fight. Mm-hmm. Yes. She worked on The Good Wife. Yes. Uh, she worked on Evil. She has directed episodes of The Good Fight and Evil. Y- yeah. Um, she's a script supervisor for the um, I don't um, the maybe the wife. whole run of Good the, Wife. The woman yeah. has an IMDb resume. Page. Oh, yeah. She she's has legit. an the IMDb page. She did uh, I mean, additional script supervisor on Glee. Huh. The oh, following, uh, which was a fucking terrifying show. So good. The first season of The Following was a great show. Yeah. Tess Malone. We're so excited. Uh, so and she excited. is as geeky about movies as we are. I love that. She picture. started posting her her favorite uh stills from movies. Yeah. She's the one that tagged me. She went with Taxi those. Driver, so I'm excited I don't, to I don't uh, ever do either. those 
things. Right, we got to add it to the list. So intriguing. Ryan. Uh, taxi we've, driver. We've never seen it. Ooh. Yeah, Katie, you'll hate oh, it. Oh, it's it's intense. Uh, Thursday night, join us. Important. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be more of an interview style because we want to talk about uh, what it's like yep. directing. Yep. I have so many questions that uh, are going to be very technical. Yeah. And I'm going to try to balance those out um, by asking ridiculous things. I'm going to. Yeah, you can do ridiculous. The mm -hmm. only thing I think I want to ask Tess is, is can she give me the top five TV episodes she wishes she had written mm. or directed? Oh, go, that Jim, that could be the game we can play. OK, top five. Um, it's going to be fantastic. My questions are going to be like, what's it like to work with Juliana Marley's? What's on the craft table? Don't do that. What happened? Don't, don't ask her to don't ask talk about, about specific people. people. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we want to. Not we saying we can parlay her. this into any mm, other serious parlay. interviews, but but we don't want any. We don't I, want anyone I, thinking fact, that we're trying to get it, dirt on yes. anybody. And in fact, the most difficult actor actress to work with. In fact, don't ask any questions. Who can't yeah, in ever fact, remember Katie, their lines? I think you need to wash your hair that night. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's something that women do. It takes a long time. I don't know. I never washed my hair. Like I'm looking at a picture of Tess Malone right now with. Luke Cage. I don't know out. what Luke Cage's yes. real name is. I forget Chatting. his name, but he's the star of Evil. But he's so yeah. cute. And she's got her so headphones amazing. on. She's got her black she's director's legit. cat. This is uh. going to lead to us being at also, least ten dollars made. <laughs> I'm just. I just feel like this is a pinnacle. She's also an amazing woman experience. in general. Just oh my gosh, we love Tess Malone. Cannot yeah. wait. Tess Malone uh, brought, brought us excited. Gouda from, she, from she, the Good Wife. She and we brought still, us a wheel of Gouda from the Good Wife. That was probably like over hundred dollars. Yeah. That was some Gouda cheese. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait. Gouda so cheese. excited. Uh, join in Doctor Sleep next movie. Tess right. Malone Thursday. Tess Malone. And we are now. Only nine episodes away from 100 Com Majors episodes. It feels like it's been 22 like a years. Thousand. <laughs> Amazing. Um, like, share, subscribe, all those other things that nobody ever does. Uh, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, all right, everybody. See you Thursday. Bye. Bye.